If you are a startup looking to grow in Cambridge, the Bradfield Centre offers a range of flexible membership packages which put you in control of your office and home working mix. There's a vibrant, collaborative atmosphere, on-site cafe, plenty of green outside space and regular member social events. For more information, visit bradfieldcentre.com or call 01223 919600. Welcome to the Cambridge Tech Podcast, talking all things technology from the heart of the UK's tech capital. Here are your hosts, Faye Holland and James Parton. Hi, I'm James. And hi, I'm Faye. So this week's big activity was the inaugural Cambridge Wide Open Day, an event that brought together over 60 venues across the Cambridge city and and South Cams and and the um, surrounding areas. Yeah, that's right. And within those venues, there were quite often, you know, numerous companies uh, presenting and giving tours and exhibiting. So tons for people to get involved with. And we're thrilled to have the orchestrator of the event, Prashant Shah of O2H with us. Hello, Prashant. Hello, thank you for having me on. Um, I spent the day hurtling around Cambridge with Innovate Cambridge Director Tabitha Goldstop, and we'll hear a little bit from Tabitha later on as well. What was your vehicle of choice? I've got this uh, like uh, mental image you were in, like the, something like the Scooby-Doo van or something like that, was it? Thank you. Um, no. Um, so actually, when when we came up with the idea of going around doing it together, um, Tabitha started sending me pictures of Thelma and Louise. So I kind of thought that was quite cool. Cowboy boots and scarves, but then driving off a cliff at the end of it, probably not. Was the, That wasn't the, the outcome that we wanted. So to be honest, I just nicked my husband's car and we went out in that. And anyway, I had I had a Scooby Doo van anyway, so uh. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I wonder where Ed gone. Well, luckily, Cambridge is pretty flat, so there's not many cliffs to drive off of. But okay, and yeah, over in the Bradfield Centre, uh, Jane Hutchins, who's the director of the Science Park, was also doing talks and and um, taking tours around the Science Park and giving updates of what's going on here. So uh, yeah, fun day all round. Yeah, indeed. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So Prashant, how are you feeling today? The morning after the day before. Well, I'm feeling a bit groggy, to be fair. It was quite a party last night and I had to be in the London Stock Exchange for eight o'clock this morning for a a seminar workshop around how we can get big money into uh, UK life sciences and keep um, the best of our UK companies in the UK um, rather than have them um, run off to, to NASDAQ. Um, so, yeah, I apologise if the sound is a bit groggy here. I'm in a, a little phone booth, um, but hopefully you can just about make out what I'm saying. Yeah, and we have to, we'll decide whether the grogginess is the phone booth or the grogginess from the party the night before, right? Yeah, that ambiguity will probably help me, yes. <laughs> so, right, we, we're obviously going to get into the detail of the, uh, of the day as we go through the conversation, Prashant, but uh, why don't we start off just at the very top level? How did you think yesterday went? I uh, was delighted how it went when you're kind of building a new product or a new event like this, which nobody has ever really done. Um, that's quite experiment in nature. When you push the button, there's a lot of anxiety as whether the cogs will turn and the, the, the lights will flash. And they did. You know, this is a very decentralized, open source kind of method of, of putting an event together. It wasn't reliant on any one person. It, it really depended on everybody playing their part. And everybody did. Um, so I, I was delighted by the reaction of the speakers, the venues and the people that attended. So absolutely happy 
with how it went. Um, Prashant, how did it come about? Why did you decide you wanted to to galvanise this activity? And, and, and why O2H as well? Well, I think the real kind of source of passion comes from being born and brought up in the city um, and in the town and the academic world, the university, the business world, the life science parks. Even though I lived in the shadow of the science park, I was born in the same year that the science Cambridge Science Park was um, launched. Uh, we never had access to any of this. So now I'm in a position and an opportunity to help kind of bridge some of the gaps and, and pop some of the bubbles um, and have, yes, tell the story of Cambridge and these marvellous IP companies, infrastructure that exists, not only to investors, uh, not only to the people who work in the city who sometimes don't know what's going on, these amazing um, discoveries that are changing the world, but most importantly is to get the residents involved and the community involved. You've got these science parks on your doorstep and you've never been into them. So to me, that seemed like a, a tragedy, a lost opportunity for kind of inspiring people and encouraging talent into the life science uh, industry. So that's where it comes from. YO2H, um, we've, through O2H, we see new ideas. So we had the connections to the venues, the speakers, and the opportunity to bring everybody together you know, over these, the relationships we've built up through O2H over these last 25 years of operating in Cambridge. That's great. So let, let's start going through the day. Um, and I'll, I'll explain what, what we did with Tabitha and, and obviously get your experiences as well. But actually, the start of the day was an investors briefing where you put together people like um, Andy Richard, investors, representatives from government. How did that go? What, what was that event like? That was a, a smallish kind of a more intimate kickoff where we had around 35 people. We had representatives from the Department of Business and Trade. We had an AI tech delegation from the US and Canada from London Tech Week. Uh, we had represent Richard Hebdon from U UKRI, um, Tabitha, Christina and Rutter and, and key representatives of all the venture capital community, some of the unicorns in the area. Um, and it was an opportunity for us all to get together the key kind of influencers um, who, who are shaping the strategy of Cambridge and get all those voices around the table and for us to kind of open up uh, the, the Cambridge Wide Open Day um, with a bang, really. And I think it, we had some, some great energy around the table and everybody had an opportunity to, to speak about what they felt to touch on the past, where we are now, but also to kind of look forward in terms of telling the story of Cambridge and to be proud and excited about what we're doing and, and get out there a bit more than what we have done probably in the past. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, you know, it's, it's great that convening of different people and different audiences is, 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 I think, what made it quite different as well. So let's, let's start with the road trip um, with, with myself and Tabitha. So I picked Tabitha up straight after the, the investors briefing, actually, um, and handed her an agenda of where we were going to go. And as usual, in typical face style, it was way too many places um, to go to. And we got chatting. So we actually drove past more venues and, and just because I kept going in the wrong direction. And I know Cambridge really well, so it was, that was marginally embarrassing. But at least Tabitha knows where those places now are. But don't you think that's telling, Faye, is that you, you live and work in Cambridge and what you and Tabitha do, you would know everybody. And, and that's the point. We Sometimes, even though we're in the sector, we've not always been to these amazing institutes um, and organisations which are supporting and hosting these early stage companies. We've never been there. And a lot of these places have not opened up or had the exposure. So that in a way, this was teaching us where, where all these places are and what's going on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think we, we should talk about this later on as well, about, you know, some of them are gated communities. So when you drive past some of them, you're kind of like, oh, as a as a normal human being, how would I feel actually about going in into those places? But let, let, let's come on to that one in a moment. We started our, our trip round and the plan was we'll go to as many places as possible, get sound bites from people about the day or what they're doing, which just as a little word of warning, you know, there were a lot of noisy backgrounds. So when these people do come in, then obviously give us a bit of, of liberty with the audio uh, recordings for those. But our first stop was Illuminous. So we decided to go big. First of all, you know, one of the most iconic um, companies there and and what better place to start with an intro to tech in Cambridge. And David Bentley was there and he was basically saying, this is the transformational technology in terms of genome sequencing. So it was it was absolutely fascinating. Um, real mix of people, again, like you say, in the, in the audience. And he was talking about, you know, finding the needle in the haystack and solving real human challenges. And, it, you know, quite interestingly, there was a Q&A at the end of it and he was saying that they were looking to have genome testing similar to having a blood test at the doctors within five years. And the other thing he said, which I'd be interested to know your thoughts on, is that the ambition is to downskill the genome rather than upskilling the medical sector, which seems to me something really consistent across the technology sector where technology moves faster than the sectors and the systems that are going to adopt them. So that that was kind of our first our first experience, and, and as we got to, to to Grant Park, it was a gated community. So so James, I know you've got some thoughts on you know gated communities and being you know some places being actually open all the time. Well, I mean, I think not everywhere is equal. Obviously, you know, if you're doing if you need secure environments for like you know, commercially sensitive activity, then, you know, there, there are some times where there's good reason to, you know, have security and gated uh, access to premises. But in general, you know, I, I'm completely on board with the philosophy of opening up, you know, on an, on an all year round basis, as many of these buildings and communities as we possibly can, because, you know, we, we've tried to do that from day one at the Bradfield Centre. It's always been designed to be open. And I completely agree with Prashant that it's about those serendipitous kind of engagements and those collisions. And it's trying to get the right people mixing to really kind of accelerate the growth of the entire ecosystem. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's a question is that, is that there's a question forming in there somewhere is like, how do you... How do you take what you've established with this first event and how do you start to build this kind of culturally across Cambridge so it becomes adopted as a standard rather than, you know, a one-off once a year kind of thing? Uh, well, I think it's about changing mindset at, at first because I think historically, if you look at the biosciences, farmer industry, they, for good reasons, there's a certain fear of the public um, and uh, the research that is done, it's... Uh, has not been seen as an industry to be celebrated. Um, the work is done in dark corners uh, and in secure environments, and it, it, it's ended up being cut off from the public. But minds are beginning to shift. Uh, we understand the importance of kind of a healthy evolution of our ecosystem in Cambridge is dependent on a collaboration with the residents in terms of housing, supply, um, attitudes, new institutes. So they need to take pride in what's going on. So there is definitely a shift in intention from all these science parks. But there is 
complexity in terms of health and safety, in terms of risk management, uh, in terms of security in, 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 and, and the policing of these gated science parks. So I think through this event, we were able to kind of troubleshoot some of the areas of, and, and, and to build confidence. And it's a stepping stone. It's not suddenly they're going to open the doors and everyone's going to pour in. It's a question of doing it in step-by-step manner. For example, in Hawkston House, we didn't, we kept it like an open house. Um, we had 16 presentations and talks happening. We didn't check anybody's ID. People could just walk in around our lab infrastructure, around our offices, and we encouraged that to happen. Now that's not gonna happen in somewhere where there, there, there's a culture of restriction, but in a way, it's each organization, each venue, in each institute will find their own method. Uh, but I think if you people you, you show people a direction, show people an intention, we'll find the method that suits each venue. And that's what we do. A lot of the work over the last two to three weeks in getting access was troubleshooting the systems and the policies in each of these venues so they can open up uh, more than what was the case in the past. Yes, that must have been a big win from yesterday, that kind of that that willingness to at least explore the art of the possible. So we next went to the biomedical campus and actually one of the people that were sitting at Illumina with us, we walked past on the road, you know, so it was brilliant because you're like, yay, hi, you know, because you were waving because you knew that you'd been on the, you're on the same kind of tour with them. Um, So that was really nice. But so on the biomedical campus, we specifically went to see Alexandra Huna who um, is at the Milner Institute. Um, So that was really interesting to go in there. They look at a whole load of um, incubator companies, so Enhanced 3D 3D Genomics being a great example of one of their companies recently. And we had a little sit down and a chat with Alexandra. And and Tabitha really loved the fact um, that it was about a collaborative approach. And she kept saying things like, as she's been doing the Innovate Cambridge work, people would go, oh, the Milner Institute do that. They do that really well. So it was music to Alexandra's ears. But Alexandra actually even had some comments herself about collaboration. And this is what she told us. I think one of the key strengths of the Milner Institute is that we love to collaborate with industry partners, with pharma, biotech, but also with other research institutes, with Wellcome Trust, with Sanger, with the Babraham Research uh, Campus and all other institutions in the Cambridge ecosystem. And I think we need more collaborations because we need to speed up for things, to make things happen. and. the Milner would love to do more and help support the Cambridge ecosystem. So after that, we then headed over to the West Campus, um, where we had a chance encounter. We love chance encounters with Caroline Hyde. She'd actually just come back from a trip to China. And she was enthusing about, and going back to Prashant, what you've just said, it's about infrastructure and an ability to move quickly. And um, she she was, you know, really animated about what she'd found out and how they operated. So I, I kind of thrust the recorder in front of her face and said, please, could you just record something about that to, to tell us um, what your key takeaway was? 
For me, I think it was the, the scale at which they're able to operate. They have a real singularity of vision, which means that they know what they want to do. They have the ability to work quickly to leverage the funds to accomplish it. And they're able to deliver what might take us a decade within 12 to 24 months. And that's just hugely impressive. So that scale of investment was really impressive and something I think that we can all learn from, um, certainly in UK and in Cambridge. And also the development of IP was really interesting. Um, Later in the year, we're going to, we've invited crayfish.io onto the podcast to give us some insight because how to succeed in China is like super important, especially for tech companies. Um, So we'll be looking forward to hearing from them in due course. Okay, so then switching over to the north side of the city, more of a software kind of cluster, I, I think it's fair to say, on the north side of the, of the city. So St. John's Innovation Centre um, is, is obviously based over here alongside the Cambridge Science Park and the Bradfield Centre. Uh, Prashant, I think you mentioned in your intro that you spent some time at, the, the, at St. John's yesterday. Yeah, there was a number of companies who were presenting there. I kind of uh, teamed up with uh, the Mayor Nick Johnson there and he took a lot of effort to kind of meet a lot of the, the companies there. We saw some robotics demonstrations. Uh, it was a nice energy there of, of, of contributions. Martin Rigby did a, a brilliant talk about the, the past, uh, the present and the future of venture venture capital. Um, I also got a, an opportunity to, to jump into the Alia Future Business Center. Again, there was around a dozen companies presenting there. Uh, and it was, um, and I, I dropped into the Cambridge Science Park, and Jane was doing a talk to uh, twenty foreign students um, about the, the the science park and its contribution to the, the, the Cambridge economy. So there was, uh, it was, it was good to jump around what was going on in some of the northern cluster and to see that people had made such an effort um, to to showcase the work that they were doing. So, so while you were in the north of the cluster, we then headed over to the west of the cluster. And so we, so we popped into Idea Space, said hello to Benjamin there. Um, and then, James, we actually caught up with someone that we both know, um, Powan at Lark Optics. Yeah, how's he doing? He's, you know, he's doing really well. He was so enthusiastic. He'd actually done a session um, himself, a presentation to, to, to a group of people. Um, but they, yeah, they're doing well. The technology is growing. Um, they've got interest in, in, you know, client work now. And they've grown the team. They've just hired three more people. So that was really great to see. And it was great to introduce Tabitha to someone literally at the start of their journey. Yeah, I mean, after Apple's recent announcements around VR headsets, you know, you'd hope he's in a hot space right now. So uh, hopefully the future is beckoning bigger and better things for them. I certainly hope so, as I'm an investor in personal investor in both of those rounds for that. Oh, there you go. Small old world. If I I may declare an interest. (laughs) You just have. (laughs) And an enthusiasm for them. Yeah, no, no, they're great. They really really are great. Um, So we then crossed the road. We didn't travel too far the next time. Went into the West Hub, which is another great building. Hasn't been, you know, I think probably only been around for 18 months or something like that, a couple of years anyway. Um, And there was a really nice showcase there. And Prashant had actually been messaging Tabitha to go, go and meet Dr. Mayor Nick 
Johnson, he's over there. So there was all of this trying to connect people, even remotely, which was was quite fun. Um, so I had a quick chat with John Gord. So those of you who know, John um, runs Cambridge Network, and their job is to run events and bring people together. So I asked him a question, Prashant, about the appetite for a day like Cambridge Wide Open Day. And this is what John said. Firstly, it's been a fantastic day. Um, the efforts of the people involved in getting this up, up off the ground and so many people involved in it is fantastic. Are there too many initiatives? No. But I think that's because people want things which are specific and worthwhile and worth putting their energy into. And I think some of the challenges we have in Cambridge to make sure that we address some of the issues about levels of deprivation across the town. We want to inspire all the people that there are some fantastic technologies going on in Cambridge and they can see and feel and touch and meet the people involved in those. So for that reason, I think it's a fantastic day. The Cambridge West Hub, again, put on a, a great show. There was a lot of energy around there. There were students milling in and out. Um, Ellie and Leila and the team there had done a terrific job in, in bringing the companies out there. And there was a lot of interesting and, and fascinating things to see. And, um, you know, when I dropped in there, there was people dropping in, moving out. And I think uh, next year, I think if we could connect all the attendees and find out what's hot and have some viral energy, as you said, uh, Faye, of people calling each other and saying, oh, this is really exciting. You should go here. So I think one of the thoughts for next year is to build a better live buzz um, around the uh, around the venues that the attendees can all share. Because as you mentioned, we'd be running between the venues and be like, oh, you're going here. Oh, hi there. How, how are you doing? Where was that? How, what was happening there? So I think a little bit of that in the moment sharing of energy, I think, would be something we could help facilitate with technology next year, perhaps. Yeah, I think that would be that would be really exciting to do. But I do still enjoy the bumping into people. So, like, I, I also bumped into um, Julien Labrouillet and Patrick Driscoll from VetCT. Tabitha asked him a question when, I, you know, I know this might be a stupid question, but do you actually do work with vets? Because there are so many company names that you think it's one industry and it's something else. But, yes, they actually do work in the veterinary industry. And... They, they were a super interesting company and they've got some real ambitions around AI. So it was it was really interesting for me because I didn't know that they were moving into, into this area. So um, Patrick and Julienne gave us a quick oversight into what they're doing. So uh, VetCity, we, uh, we provide uh, veterinary services for um, uh, veterinary practices, uh, but not only in the UK, we, uh, we work in 27 countries. So we, we're really a, a global company. Yeah, we're based on a software platform which we run out of our Cambridge UK office. I'm very proud of it. We've developed it over the years and we're looking to continue that development as quickly as possible. Yeah, so for, for us, uh, the, the next uh, stage is, is obviously is, uh, is being involved with, uh, with AI. So as a company, we have uh, accumulated a large amount of, uh, of data. So we have a lot of data. We have the, the clinical know-how because we, we employ a specialist in, uh, in radiology, but also in other specialties. And what we're looking to do is, uh, is develop AI tools to uh, improve our, uh, our data, but also uh, provide um, uh, innovations in, uh, in the veterinary space, um, in the diagnostic side of things, but also to improve our internal processes. Um, so working in Cambridge is, uh, is obviously absolutely fabulous. What we're looking for is um, 
um, employ, you know, AI, AI scientists, um, you know, at some stage. Uh, we already have um, uh, been involved with uh, Cambridge University and looking to create a, a PhD uh, with them. So that is hopefully is coming uh, this year. So uh, watch, watch this space. We should definitely get them onto the show for a, a more of an in-depth conversation, in fact. Yeah, for sure. So next of all, Prashant's mentioned it a couple of times, it was time to head over to Hawkston House. And I did have a list of people to capture at Hawkston House, but oh my goodness, it was so hot yesterday. And I literally started walking in, bumped into um, a couple of people, and then Prashant went, let me get you an ice cream. So he got, you had an ice cream van outside the venue, which is absolutely brilliant. So I was rescued with a lemonade um, lollipop. So thank you. Thank you for that. I'm more of a traditionalist on the ice cream. I had a nice white ice cream with a big flake in the middle of it. <laughs> no, lovely. It was great. But then I did meet someone from um, Zeiss, another really interesting connection, actually. And they're doing, they're wanting to break into the life sciences market. So that, w- that was really interesting. But he went to shake my hand and I'm like, I'm really sorry. I've got, st- I've got a sticky hand. And I'm like, oh, that's really not a good introduction to someone, is it? <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, I did catch up with Rachel Bradley because one of the other things is, you know, you had, so- you had the tech companies and the, and, and, and the life sciences businesses and the startups, but you had all of those people like James and, and myself constantly talk about the support of the ecosystem. And um, so I bumped into Rachel Bradley at Pennington Manchester Cooper and she'd run a se- one of those sessions at Hawks and House. She'd actually run one of those. And so I asked her why a professional services company would be interested in a day like Cambridge Wide Open Day. And this is what she said. At Pennington Manchester Cooper, we pride ourselves on working with companies right from the start of their journey through. And it's been a great opportunity today um, to be able to meet some of those early stage startup companies um, and in particular the presentation I gave today was exactly that to help companies that are at the early stage of their um, business and actually just if they haven't experienced master services agreements before to take them through all the key tips and hints that they need to know without having to kind of worry about legal spend because obviously startups and spin out scale-ups don't have as much legal budget so today has been a fantastic opportunity and i've in fact met with um someone who is exactly that stage of their journey and is still in academia but looking to spin out so it's making connections it's helping um businesses um, right through from the early stage and it's just been a fantastic day to do that i dropped into the the, the mills and reeve uh um, showcase in the morning. Uh, they were just by the station and they'd put in a great effort. A lot of the exciting tech and uh, um, science companies that they work with were showcasing within Mills and Reeve and, 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 and Mills and Reeve were kind of keen to kind of share the work that they do for these kind of um, IP rich companies. So this is how the service companies were able to kind of bring their customers and their clients into the open day as well as kind of showing what they do because it's not just about the people at the sharp end of the science but it for in the in the evolution of a successful ecosystem it's also the enablers um, and and the people who are behind the scenes who kind of make up and support with their experience a lot of these early stage companies as well 
So they absolutely have a, a role to play in the open day. And it wasn't just Mills and Reeve. We also had the investors talking about what they were doing. Martlet Capital were doing a talk on some of their work and their portfolio companies. We had Sunil talking about some of the portfolio in, in O2H. And this is something we'd like to do a lot more of next year is to, is to involve everybody, not just the scientists and the techies and their companies, but also some of the enablers. And it was brilliant to see, for example, yesterday, Emma um, talking about Carbon 13 and their brilliant accelerator at Hawkston House and some of the companies and portfolio companies they've supported um, as well. So, Prashant, one of the things you've mentioned a couple of times in the conversation is the involvement with local residents and the wide... I mean, we use the word community a lot. We tend to use community in the sense of the tech community or the life sciences community but here we're actually using it in the broader sense of actually you know the residents that that might and and people that might not actually be working in these industries so for me i think this is what really sets yesterday apart from anything else i've seen that's happened around cambridge so could could we just spend a little time going a bit deeper into that you know what was your motivation to make sure they were involved and um what was your experience when you started to kind of reach out to them were you pushing against an open door and there's been some pent-up curiosity about what's happening in cambridge on the tech and life sciences side of things or was there more bridges that you had to build to get them engaged you know just talk us through that whole that whole experience well the motivation comes from the obvious fact that being a, a born and brought up local resident, I, I, I knew the distance that exists between the life science world, the science parks and the academic brilliance of Cambridge. It's a huge distance and a huge gap and a lot of work needs to be done to help bridge it. In terms of the progress we made yesterday, I think definitely some important steps were made forward. If you look at Melbourne Science Park, the majority of the visitors that came there when we spoke to them were their local residents and that outreach was done by Melbourne Science Park itself. And that's exactly what we wanted. This is not meant to be a top-down outreach from myself. It's meant to be each of the venues, each of the partners, each of the parks, reaching out to their local communities. And in Hawkston, um, in the Mill Cytec Park, if you look at where our building, it's completely embedded in a residential area. So after the last three years, you know, we've been inviting them to a number of our events. We um, have tea with them sometimes. We invite them to all of our events and parties. We let them walk in. Um, and we have a very much an open house philosophy with our local residents. Um, and that's something I think is a good model for other other venues to learn from and there is a little bit of resistance no doubt about it all you know who's the audience who's who's signed up do we have members of the public coming uh, yeah there might be a few um, and oh right you know there's a bit of anxiety around it so i think there's work to be done to build confidence um, that involving the the, the residents is, is not a security risk um, obviously certain degree of vetting and registration um, and ID checking is required as good practice, but there's ways around getting the, the residents involved. And the residents who did come, um, the reaction from them is like, well, thank you for inviting us. Nobody's ever invited us before. That's really nice of you to do so. It's really fascinating to walk around the labs and do the tour. Is that what you do here? Oh, this is amazing. And you show one step in their direction. You get a lot of love back from the community uh, when you do reach out to them and, 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 and take the time and effort and the trouble to involve them. Yeah, and I can attest to that. You know, I was sitting there and I, I'd found a nice little quiet 
corner um, to do some of the interviews on. And actually, as I went round there later on, all the locals were sitting round there because they've obviously worked out where there's a nice, quiet, shaded corner um, to go to. And they were loving it. They were like, oh, there's a big queue today, you know, basically suggesting that they go there on a regular basis. And it was just it was just really lovely to see. Um, I think the other thing you did, which, you know, it's, it's not unusual, but you, I know you made a real concerted effort to do this, was to involve the local councils. You know, so you had Dr. Mayor Nick Johnson, and we'll come back to him in a moment. Um, you had some of the local councillors, potential MPs, you know, the, the, uh, the old mayor, the new mayor. Do you know what I mean? You'd really engage with the public sector as well. And I think that was quite different. Well, I think when you talk to the, the representatives on Cambridge, there's a real problem between economic development of, of, of Cambridge being the best in the world and the lack of lab space, which means we need to build, um, and the residents which are saying, well, we don't want any more of this, you know, we don't want any change, we don't want any development. And so you've got the elected representatives are on a bit of a dilemma. Do they go with the residents uh, or do they go with economic development? Um, and so the obvious issue is, is that the public need to feel that the life sciences and the tech and the innovation community, there's something in it for them. At the very least, let's show them what we're doing and let's let them participate and understand and take pride in the amazing things that are happening in Cambridge. So at least they'll also participate in the in the trade-offs, let them find jobs um, as well, let them be inspired, let them understand what we're doing. And then that's where you get a healthy evolution of an ecosystem where there's not people on different sides of the fence you know cutting us in different directions and i think this is a key part of involving the representatives in it and the residents in terms of the kind of the long-term evolution of the ecosystem so we can compete with uh, boston and compete with a lot of other emerging ecosystems where san diego and so many others are moving at a really quick pace so we really need to get our act together in terms of ecosystem development and that definitely means including the politicians the elected representatives and the residents yeah, and I, I think that ties really nicely. I did manage to speak to um, Nick as, as as requested, and um, this is what Dr. Mayor Nick Johnson said. Well, Cambridge Wide Open Day is is it's in, been incredibly successful as far as I can see. Speaking as an invited guest as the mayor for the combined authority of Cambridge and Peterborough, I'm beginning to see an, a perfect example of what the business community can do in terms of almost showing off its wares but also connecting with the local communities and making sure that you know the communities that are around these fantastic organizations make those meaningful links which then help with uh, setting roots into a community and then you have the the hope that you can inspire the kids the, 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 the in the local area and they want to be part of a, a growing community which is bringing investment and wealth to the local area so i think overall prashant it was it was a really brilliant day it was blinking hot but better than rain um you can't do anything about the the weather i suppose um but seriously i thought you know it was a really good day i loved it at the end when you said i'm going to bring the team up and you brought Ajit up and it literally was you know you Ajit said you know it was a really small team but like you said 
everyone took their own responsibility. So it was, you know, devolved responsibility. Um, so I thought it was really good. And I kind of feel that I have to let Tabitha, um, who's not on the podcast with us today, but she did record a little snippet for us on what she thought of the day. What an absolute cracker of a day. Cambridge wide open day really was wide open. I absolutely loved touring around with you, Faye. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed seeing the absolutely hugely impressive buildings. Every single building we went into was more and more beautiful than the next, but it wasn't that that excited me the most. It was really the people who were running the groups within um, each of those buildings. And they, what I think I was the most thrilled to see is that every single one, the buzzword on their lips was partnership. It was collaboration. It was about how we can be more porous. It was about how we can find ways to scale our impact by collaborating together um we know that cambridge is the most incredible place for uh pioneering discoveries and turning those into successful and high impact businesses but in order to really amplify that impact i truly believe um and innovate cambridge that is the recommendation we'll be making that this is all about collaborating and partnering and so hearing that on everybody's lips was uh, absolutely music to my ears that and the other thing that i think was brilliant was that everybody was talking about how they are thinking about engaging with the general public in their area, um, about what it is that can ensure that the general public in the region feels the benefits of innovation as we keep growing and keep um, achieving such incredible heights. We need to ensure that everybody um, gets to feel that in a positive way. And so ultimately, it felt like a really hopeful, exciting time to get together. And um, I really look forward to the next one. And I personally don't think we should be leaving it another year. So what do you think about that, Prashant? You've already alluded to the fact that there will be another. So are you keen to do this again? I'm very keen to do this again. This is very much an experiment, um, keeping it at a certain quantum so we can learn the lessons for next year. And we've learned a lot of lessons. We've adjusted and pivoted even in the last few weeks, especially trying, as you suggested, getting more substance and more content in, in, into the presentations at, at each venue. I think that really helped. Also, the, the planning around security. And in terms of outreach to a wider group of people, we're keen to do that, bring more venues on, bring more residents in, bring more people from out of town. Now they know, know that it's going to happen. I think an annual event, will be best i think doing this more than once a year i think that'd be a, a crazy amount of work but definitely to do this uh, uh once a year we're really keen enthusiastic and passionate to do this again and i've got so much encouragement and wonderful feedback from the speakers the venues the people who attended we're crisscrossing cambridge yesterday and participated in the cambridge wide open day for different reasons and, and in different bits of it um so i, I think you know I'd, I'd be keen to do this again and, and learn the lessons as well well, thanks so much for taking the time to come on, uh, Prashant. I appreciate that, you know, it literally only happened yesterday. You're now at the London Stock Exchange. It's You've got a manic schedule, but you've taken an hour of your time out to speak to us today. So it's very much appreciated. Thank you. And I really want to thank uh, Faye and Emma and her team who've done uh, a brilliant job in, in supporting Ajit and myself in terms of the marketing and communications um, for the Cambridge Wide Open Day. They very early on understood the importance of this and the value it can generate and um, i really want to thank you 
Thanks, Prashant. And I, and I didn't ask you to do that either. So thank you. That's really, really nice. And and for those that are on the recording, just so you know, I'm wearing beetle bopper. So if you, if you haven't um, seen any photos, you really, what is, the, what is the background between making everyone wear these things, by the way? Right. Yeah. Damn good question. I thought it was pretty obvious, but I'm glad I've got an opportunity to, to kind of fill this gap in understanding. Well, it's all, Cambridge is buzzing. I always say that, you know, it's exciting. It's buzzing. Um, and we have bumblebees, rare bumblebees in our site because we're part of an ecological site, but we also have rare bees, which burrowing bees in our historic building as well. So that when we opened uh, the Mill SciTech Park last year, it was feel the buzz. So I thought, well, it's not just a buzz in Hawkston House, but there's a feel the buzz vibe in Cambridge. Absolutely. So we got everybody to wear our um, bee antennae yesterday and it, it, it was quite a, quite, a, quite a sight to see serious entrepreneurs and professionals and politicians wearing their antennae absolutely well well thank you very much let's let's continue that buzz um thanks again to prashant shah o2h for joining us today thank you three cambridge companies with huge scale-up potential have dominated the headlines this week cambridge scan devices niobolt and paragraph so starting with Cambridge Gun Devices, Fabulous Semiconductor, they've opened a facility in Taiwan and they're scaling in China where it plans to open a lab next year. So actually that ties quite nicely into what we were saying earlier on in the podcast. This move in Asia comes after them identifying the region as a major launch pad to a rocketing $50 billion chip market. They're expecting that labs in the United States and Europe could also follow next year in 2024 as demand for their power devices for greener electronics increase. University of Cambridge spin-out Nibolt has this week showcased a new EV sports car that can charge fully and repeatedly in less than six minutes with a range of up to 250 kilometres, which is a new record in automotive electrification. What's really interesting is their step towards designing their own car to showcase their battery technology, as they're obviously well known as a battery tech company. And then the final one is Cambridge-based graphene technology powerhouse Paragraph is in a three-way fight for the coveted McRobert Award from the Royal Academy of Engineering. Graphene has long been heralded as the future of electronics since its discoveries won the Nobel Prize in 2010, but it's taken years of development of materials and processing to bring it to a practical use. And this is really where Paragraph fits in, because with a massive breakthrough, they will have implications across the entire sector with their first real commercial use of graphene in electronic devices. So the winner will be unveiled at the Royal Academy of Engineering Awards Dinner in London on July the 13th. Yeah, and Paragraph are maintaining a fine tradition of Cambridge cluster companies making the shortlist for these long-running UK Engineering Innovation Awards. So strap in here is a bit of a roll call alstone medical was our most recent winner in 2018 microcomputer champion raspberry pi who's obviously been on the, the podcast was victorious in 2017 microsoft research cambridge won in 2011 and real vnc followed suit in 2013 cambridge silicon radio won in 2005 cdt in 2002 and Johnson Matthey, who plays the global trail with green hydrogen and other sustainable technologies, was twice a winner in both 1980 and 2000. Wow, that really is a good roll call. So good luck then to Paragraph. Let's hope we can add them to that Hall of Fame in July. And that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to sign up to our social channels as well as your podcast channel. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.
Today's show was produced by Carl Homer of Cambridge TV and supported by our media partner, Business Weekly. The Cambridge Tech Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms and on cambridgetechpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star review. It will really help others discover the show. 